Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 30th is Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through chapter 18, verse 14, beginning with the healing of the ten men with leprosy. A lot of times we see that word leprosy, it just refers to a skin condition, but it required distancing in that culture. They had some understanding of contagion, and it required once you were healed or cleansed, you must go and present yourself to the priest to be inspected before you could be allowed back into normal day-to-day interactions with other people. These men call out to Jesus, Lord or Master, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, when he hears them, when he sees them, he says, go and present yourselves to the priests. And as they obey him, they're on their way to present themselves to the priests. They are cleansed. They are made whole. It's almost like their sin, leprosy often represents sin, their sin is removed. There were 10 of them. They carry on their way, and only one goes back and finds Jesus and falls at his feet and worships him, thanks him, and we're told that that one was a Samaritan. As we know, the Samaritans were people of Jewish heritage who had intermarried with other peoples of the land. They had forsaken the one true God and worshiping him in Jerusalem. And they had created their own temple. They had recruited and hired their own priests who were not Levites. They had decided they were going to worship God their own way. And for that reason, they were hated by the Jews. They were the remnant of the northern tribe that had suffered God's judgment because they didn't worship God the way God commanded. But it was the descendant of the Samaritans who was one of the non-people of God, according to the Jews and the culture of that day, who had the, who actually wanted a relationship with Jesus. He wanted to come back and thank him. It's not unlike the percentage of people in the world today who want something from God, and when he delivers, they forget all about the gift giver, the provider of all things. Isn't that what we do as people? Everybody wants something from God. Maybe it's something simple but important, like rain for the crops. God is not a transactional God. He's looking for people who want a relationship with him. In the same way that none of us want to be treated like we're an ATM by our children, we want a relationship. God is the same way. He wants us to have a relationship with him, and it starts with gratitude. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for hearing my cry and giving me what I so needed and or desired. The true kingdom is the people who have that relationship with God, like the Samaritan who had no pedigree. He was not a man of social stature, despite the fact that Jesus did not come for the Samaritans or the Gentiles or any other people group. He came to his own people, the Jews. But it was this foreigner, this outcast, who wanted to come back and thank him. It doesn't matter where you come from, friends. 
But if you'll stop and acknowledge him, you can have a relationship with him. In verse 20, we're told that the Pharisees asked him when the kingdom of God would come. I guess they haven't been listening for the past three years at this point, as Jesus is going around teaching the people, saying the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The government of our God is here. It's within us. You can reach out and touch it because it's that close. And denying the spiritual power that Jesus was demonstrating day after day, they're still looking for the physical. When's the kingdom coming? Jesus' response is the kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. They won't say, look over here or there. You see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. That could also be translated, the kingdom of God is within you. God is advancing within the hearts of men and women and children, and it's those who are resigned to him who will experience it. Those who are closed off to him will not see it. And if our primary motivation is vindication of the people who doubt, we are never going to be satisfied. But if our motivation is love for people who are open to the truth, who are looking for the truth, who desire something more, and we can encourage them, then praise God, we will have joy and we will have it abundantly. Those Pharisees asking when the kingdom of heaven was coming, they didn't realize it had been among them for three years. They had missed it. They couldn't see it because of their pride, because of their own expectations of what it was going to be like. Jesus talks about, Jesus clarifies for his disciples what his return will be like. Jesus clarifies for his disciples what his return will be like when people say, I've seen the Messiah over here or over there. Don't believe them. As the lightning flashes from one side of the sky to the other and lights up the heavens, so it will be with the Son of Man when he comes on his day. There will not be a secret return of our Savior when he comes and establishes his millennial reign, everyone will know it. At that point, there will be no more wondering about what is true and what's not. It's going to be the same way in human nature when Jesus returns soon, just like it was in the days of Noah when people were eating and drinking and getting married, right up until the day that the floods came. They didn't want to be bothered with that crazy man who spent over a hundred years building that boat. The same way those people thought Noah was crazy, they thought Lot was crazy when he said the city is going to be destroyed. We need to get out of here. They laughed at him. They went on eating and drinking and buying and selling and planning and even building. Nothing's ever going to change, they said. And then the city was destroyed by fire and sulfur coming from heaven in one night. And his wife, Lot's wife, turned around to look at the city. She was lost as well. It'll be the same with the return of Jesus. People will be eating and drinking and carrying on saying, 
you small minority of religious zealots, you people who are changing your life and abstaining from the things of this world, but there's a remnant of us, and maybe it's 10% of the world, maybe it's less, who are saying, this life is not mine, God, I am your bond servant. I will do whatever you call me to do. I understand that what I've been given is not mine. I'm just here stewarding it for a short time. Tell me, Father, how am I to steward this? How do I submit to your leadership in a manner that gives you the most honor and the most glory? What is it you would have me do? That's what it means when Jesus says, those who try to save their lives will lose them, but the one who loses his life will preserve it. If you'd like to be saved from the consuming fire that is coming, it's on the horizon for all humanity. The only way to do that is to submit to the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will all submit to him. We will all bow before him. We will all confess that he is the Lord of lords, that he is the King of kings. But it's those who submit in this life before he shows up in physical form who will reign with him for all eternity. On that night, two will be in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be together grinding grain. One will be taken, the other left. The disciples asked, where? He said, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. I think what he's saying there is the same way the vultures gather when they smell death, even from miles away, they gather together for their feast. Jesus is saying in the same way, the true people of God, those who are submitted to his leadership, those who want to have a relationship with him, even if it's only 10% of the people like that one leper who was made whole, they will sense his coming. They will be drawn to it. They will be drawn by the kingdom of God within them, the Holy Spirit leading them to the Messiah when he's revealed in the sky on the last day. Chapter 18 is the parable of the persistent widow. There's a judge. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't fear people. He absolutely doesn't care about anything but himself. But this widow comes to him repeatedly, give me justice against my adversary. Eventually he gives in to her saying, this woman is wearing me out. If the judge who doesn't care about people and has no regard for the things of God is willing to grant a request, how much more will God grant justice? to his elect who cry out to him day and night. I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. What travesty are you witnessing right now in the world? What injustice is there going on right now? Cry out to the God of the universe. It says right here, plain as day, he will swiftly grant justice to those, his children, his chosen ones, his elect, who cry out to him day and night. And he tells a story about a tax collector and a Pharisee. The Pharisee is religious. He'd be like a church pastor or a seminary teacher in today's world. 
goes up, puffs out his chest, prays, looks up towards heaven. God, I thank you that I'm not a sinner like that despicable wretch over there. But this tax collector, this traitor to his own people, thief, wicked person on every account, begins to pray, and he can't even make himself look up towards the sky. But he just beats his chest and says, God, have mercy on me. I am such a sinner. That is the man who went away justified. It's not the Bible teacher, friend. It's the one who was humble. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled by God. But the one who humbles himself before God and man will be exalted. Thank you for your humility being on this journey with me, for we understand that we need God, and that's why we study his word. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I'm a real estate broker with Call It Closed International Realty, licensed in North Carolina, South Carolina, and in the state of Florida. I am currently active in the real estate market in Southwest Florida, and I have a team of agents throughout the United States currently looking for agents who want to join us. Let's have a discovery call and see why Call It Closed might be exactly what you need to take your business to the next level. Thank you so much for your consideration.